my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we are discussing all the things that are happening in the world today, trying to make sense of it, trying to bring some clarity. Of course, I'm talking about the decentralized revolution that is it's a revolution it's changing the world we're talking about the intersection of politics finance and technology and how those three things converging right now are changing the world as we know it of course we're talking about bitcoin being the catalyst for this decentralized revolution you know when we look back throughout history we can see that the big, what we call mega political events that change the world, literally change it from a feudal system to a capitalist system, you know, on and on and on. The way that we've centralized around um, countries and cities and factories, all of these things have to do with technology because it changes the way that we communicate and we organize and we work, etc. And so you have to understand these three things together. <clears throat> I've been talking about for about a year and uh, about a year on this big thesis. I'm actually writing a book for it. Uh, it'll be out one day, <laughs> someday soon. Um, but I'm talking about these three converging cycles. So there's a 250-year political revolution cycle, an 80-year 
financial revolution cycle and a 50-year technological revolution cycle. And all three of those are converging right now, which is why the world seems like it's going so crazy. Uh, if you understand those three things, then you can understand what's going on right now a little bit better. And more importantly, where the future is going. Now, um, while a lot of stuff we talk about, or I should say I talk about if you watch my YouTube channel or listen to me on, on the radio here in the podcast, um, maybe sounds like doom and gloom because there's a lot of bad things going on in the world today. But that doesn't mean I am a doom and gloomer. As a matter of fact, I have massive hope for the future. I have massive hope for my kids' future, my grandkids' future, um, that I'll have one day. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> but uh, but it is, it is full of doom and gloom. And um, it's important to understand what's going on in context um, because the future is still not written. And so it's up to us to understand what's going on so we can affect the change and we can get the future that we want. And so that's why I talk about these things every single day. My, uh, my motivating uh, factor is uh, taken from a quote by one of our founding fathers, Samuel Adams. And he said that it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather a small, irate minority keen on setting brush fires in the minds of men. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to put out as much content as I can to continue to light these brush fires in the minds of men uh, that you may continue to spread these brush fires onto other people. And so if you're not already tuning in every week, I encourage you to do that. If you're not driving, pull out your phone right now, put a calendar reminder for this date, this time, this channel, and make sure to tune in with me each and every week. And if you miss me, don't worry, I got you covered. Uh, just search Mark Moss Podcast, Mark Moss iHeart, and you can find my podcast and you can catch up there. Um, of course, I'm on YouTube. You can search Mark Moss on YouTube and, of course, on Twitter. I'm, I'm too active. I shouldn't be as active as I am on there. You can find me there at the number one, just at one Mark Moss. And uh, at me, send me a message. Let me know you heard me on the radio. Send me your questions. I'll make sure to get back to you on that um, and if you'd like to hang out in person, I'm going to be at the Bitcoin conference coming up in, um, in April. That's going to be in Miami. And then I'm also going to be at my own conference called Market Disruptors Live. And uh, that's going to be in May in Dallas, uh, marketdisruptorslive.com. If you want to hang out in person, I'd love to meet you in person. Uh, I you know, I've been talking to a camera for so long. I'm talking to this microphone <laughs> for so long, and it's great to meet the people that are on the receiving end of this content. Uh, so, man, I'd love to meet you. Come out to one of those events, marketdisruptorslive.com or the Bitcoin conference. Um, shake my hand and tell me uh, what you think about the content. I'd love to hear. Uh, or, like I said, at me on Twitter. But I want to cover some stuff today. I got a lot of ground to cover, so um, some big things, a couple things. One, um, I want to talk about inflation. I know I've been talking about it a long time. I get it. You've probably heard a lot about it, but I'm guessing what you've heard is probably not right. On my YouTube channel, I say that I'm trying to change the way you think about money because almost everything you've learned is wrong. And so I saw some disturbing things this week. We're going to get into um, a bunch of TikTok uh, people talking about it completely wrong. And even President Joe Biden got it completely wrong. And so I want to bring some perspective to that. I want to talk about the real cause and effect. I want to talk about what inflation really is, because everything you've been told about that is wrong. It's a lie. Um, so um, when you're getting bad data, then it leads to you making bad decisions. I want to clear that up. I want to talk about the Fed. Can they stop inflation? Uh, they have a plan. Uh, will it work? We'll talk about that. 
And then uh, I want to. I have some some data. I got some some actual numbers that I'm gonna I'm gonna lay on you to break this down. Um, as my uh, research analyst Luke calls out, I'm gonna bring the receipts. I'm gonna show you the facts here. Uh, in this case, not show them to you, but I'll tell you. I'll tell them to you over the over the over the radio here. Um, so a couple things. Um, like I said, inflation. Inflation is raging on. Um, it's not a big surprise at this point, right? We've been talking about it for over a year. Um, this week, uh, this last week, I saw Tucker Carlson on Fox News um, ran a ran an episode called Inflation Nation. And I think that episode had like 3 million views already. It's amazing that uh, this, these types of topics are getting to that big of an audience. And, and that's one of the things that encourages me back to these uh, lighting brush fires, right? Um, 3 million people watched that video and woke up to these facts um, I'm going to continue to spread them, and hopefully you'll continue to pass those on. Let's continue to spread these brush fires. But um, this inflation nation, it's, it's not new, um, but we were told that when inflation was at like four, well, first of all, if we go back, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, we had no inflation. We, we The Fed couldn't get enough inflation. As a matter of fact, inflation was like 1%, 1.5%, and we're just trying to get more inflation, supposedly, was a thing. Um, and then um, we started getting up to 3 4% inflation, and then the story changed to it's transitory. You remember that? It's transitory. What does that mean? Well, it, it's here, but it's, it's going to go away. All right, so then it's transitory. Now this is the this is the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the U.S. This was the Biden administration, uh, Jen Psaki as press secretary. It was the media all claiming that inflation was transitory. Now this is over a year ago. Okay, so they were admitting that it was here that we had inflation, but it would go away. Then they pivoted to, well, maybe it's not transitory. Maybe it's here. So now it's a problem and it's not going to go away. Now it's persistent. And again, this was the Biden White House administration, Jen Psaki. This was the Federal Reserve. This was the media all telling you, okay, it's not just transitory. It's here to stay. And then the Fed actually came out and said, okay, shoot, we had a, we had a serious problem with inflation and now we're going to do something about it. So we are going to do two things. One, we're going to start raising interest rates. And two, we're going to start tapering the amount of bond buying, the amount of bond purchasing or the amount of money, monetary stimulus they're doing. So now it went from, it's not, we can't get enough to, okay, it's growing, but don't worry, it's going to go away to, oh shoot, it's not going to go away to, oh shoot, we better do something about it. And so we're going to stop creating money, stop increasing the monetary supply, and we're going to raise rates. Now, we're being told by Biden himself. I got a clip I'm going to play for you in a minute. We're being told by Biden himself. We're being told by influencers on TikTok that I think the White House is putting on that it's actually Putin's fault. So how did they go from we couldn't get it to it's going to go away to, um, oh, shoot, it's a problem to, oh, shoot, uh, we better, we're going to, we're going to make some changes now to, oh, no, actually, it's all Putin's fault. But Putin wasn't there causing problems for the last year. And it comes from a gross misunderstanding of what this is, but I'm going to clear it up. It's actually very simple. It's actually way more simple than you might believe. They make it overly complicated so you don't understand it. I'll break that down for you. Um, and then we'll talk about, like I said, what, what Biden and what the TikToker said. I want, to, I want to give you a quote from Vladimir Lenin, who actually predicted this would happen about 100 years ago. Um, 
And uh, then we'll talk about, can the Fed actually do something to stop it? I got a lot of stuff to cover um, in this in this segment, so uh, make sure you stick around. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I got a lot more about inflation. Don't go away. I'll be right back. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology, of course, like we do each and every week. You should know that by now because you should be tuning in each and every week. And if you're not, uh, put a calendar reminder on your phone so you don't miss me at all. Of course, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way that the world is changing right before our very eyes. Uh, before the break, I was talking about inflation. Uh, Tucker Carlson ran something called Inflation Nation. And uh, I talked about this changing narrative, how the the, the Biden White House, uh, the media, um, and even the Federal Reserve changed from we don't have inflation. We can't get inflation even if we wanted it to. Oh, we have it, but it's going to go away to, oh, shoot, it's a problem to, oh, holy, oh, shoot, we better do something quick to, oh, <laughs> it's actually it's actually uh, Putin's fault. Uh, how, how quickly that changed. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of things. Now, um, one of the biggest drivers of this is gas prices. So the media, uh, we, we basically think whatever they want us to think. Now, I guess I'm talking to you over the radio, so I guess I'm part of this media, but I'm not part of the, the establishment media. Um, and really big tech, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, et cetera, Instagram, as well as the big, you know, media conglomerates, they, they basically, they basically, you basically think whatever they want you to think. So, for example, every story could be somewhat neutral. So, like, obviously, there's a war going on in Ukraine. I believe that to be true. I believe that Russia is there and there's soldiers there and there's probably bombs dropping and people have died. That is like factual, I'm sure. I mean, maybe it's all fake. I don't know, but I believe it to be factual. Um, but the story that we're told about it, does the media show us pictures of kids on the street crying and dying? Or do they show us pictures of soldiers marching? Do they show us pictures of heroes? So like, what is the narrative of those facts are telling us? And that's kind of how it works. Um, and so they can tell us that inflation is going away or that it's not a problem. They can hide any talk about inflation. So we don't even hear about it. They could tell us that, you know, all these things, but they can't change the fact that when you go to fill up your car at the gas station, you're going to notice it. I drive a truck and I notice that my price of gas does and as a matter of fact, um, I can't fill up my gas tank anymore if it's on empty because my credit card doesn't go up high enough. Um, so that's a problem. And they can't hide that fact. We know that. Um, but apparently this is all um, it's all uh, Putin's fault. Or is it the greedy corporation's fault? Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be somebody's fault. Anybody but Biden's right. Um, it couldn't be that um, the very first day he took office, the very first thing that he did 
was to sign an executive order, which means I'm the king and I don't care what anybody else says or what anybody wants. I'm going to declare there's a war on oil. Um, and he shut down um, oil, oil permits. Um, he also put us back, the United States, back into the Paris Accord, which means we have to bow down to global ESG narratives, uh, global uh, energy narratives. Um, and then he elected... Um, uh, Samara Omarova in to be the head of the OCC, the op Office of the Comptroller Cur Currency, which basically runs the banks. And uh, she didn't end up getting elected, but he nominated her. He wanted her to be. And she said, quoting her, that we want oil companies to go bankrupt. End quote. So um, if he shuts down all their leases on day one, says that they have to be regulated under global energy standards day one, there's an all-out assault on oil companies. He hires somebody that says we want them to go bankrupt. What do you think those oil companies are going to do? Do you think they're going to continue to invest into their companies? Do you think they're going to continue to find new oil? Are they going to continue to bring more oil to supply? Why would they when they're being told that we're shutting you down and we're, we're, our goal is to make you go bankrupt? Right. So you have to kind of go back to the beginning. Now, when Biden first took office, now you know, we knew, you know, when it was him versus Trump, we knew Trump was very pro energy, pro United States energy. Um, and so um, the amount of energy um, the United States produced, both natural gas and oil, was uh, some of the highest in the world under Trump. And we knew that Biden was going to be um, hard on that. I mean, he, he ran on that. Um, and so um, already from November of um, uh, in November at the election, um, when it looked like Biden was going to take office, that the markets already started to turn. Of course, then in January um, of 21, then he, you know, took office and we can really track this through and see what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to give you some actual numbers, but I want to play this clip from you here. I have a clip of Biden right now um, talking about, he says, make no mistake. Let's go ahead and play up, uh, cue up uh, clip number one. The second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. From the moment he put his over 150,000 troops on the Ukrainian border, the price of gasoline in January went up 75 cents. Mm. So it's all Putin's fault. It has nothing to do with him shutting down oil companies or any of that. So let's, let's take a look at that. So obviously, uh, I'm sure you're aware uh, that the price of oil drives the price of gas, right? So it's cause and effect. So um, we can see that Biden won the election in January uh, or basically in November of 2020. Uh, took office in January of uh, January of 2021. Um, and at the time when Biden won the election, oil was $35 a barrel. Since then, oil's rallied from 35 all the way to over $100 a barrel. Now that was before the Russian invasion ever took place. All right, now there's an increase of 170, so that was a 172% increase before the Russian and Ukraine war. Now, has it gone up since? Of course it has. Yeah, it went up even higher. Um, it, it jumped from 100 up to, I think, about 130, and it's back down to about 100 now. But it jumped to that price from 35 to 100 before the Russia-Ukraine war. So, um, again, um, the markets are like what, what we call um, discounting mechanisms. So they're trying to price events in before they happen. So you're trying to buy a stock before it goes higher, or you're trying to sell a stock before it goes lower. So you're always basically betting on what the direction is. And so um, the price of oil started going up when people knew that Biden was going to have a war on oil and that uh, they should start um, 
you know, buying futures and preparing for it to go higher and higher. Um, the day he took office, I made a prediction that I thought gas would be $10 a gallon before he left office. Now, at the time, the national average was, I think, about two something. Um, so that was a pretty big claim. That would go up like a 5X. Um, but here in California, in Los Angeles, it's already seven fifty a gallon. Seven fifty a gallon. So all of a sudden, my $10 target looks like I might have way undershot that. Um, but anyway, back to back to Putin. Uh, the, he said, uh, Biden said Putin, um, as soon as he put the troops on the border, that's why gas got more expensive. And I'm here to tell you, factually, no. It was 35 bucks a barrel when he won elect when he won the election and it was a hundred dollars a barrel the day that the invasion started um, 172 percent increase um, a big deal and um, like i said oil did shoot up a little bit higher but it's back down to about where it was at the time of the invasion uh, now we're just waiting for our gas to gas prices to start going back down um i have one more clip let's go ahead and play that one Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I love, you know, the Republicans saying it's Biden's gas pipeline. By Biden said he's going to stop the Keystone pipeline, and I did. Yeah, so here he is itself admitting that he stopped the pipelines. Uh, but but there's more to it. Like I said, this is a little bit difficult to understand. Uh, I'm, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unravel it for you, and then I'm going to make it so simple that even an elementary kid could figure this out. All right, so I'm going to unravel it. Bear with me, and then I'm going to make it so simple. Now, uh, former uh, Obama um, czar Steve Ratner said it's Biden's inflation; he needs to own it. So people get it, but I, I want you to get it. So I'm going to come back with that. Um, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about this decentralized revolution, the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, we're talking about Bitcoin and how it's changing the world. I'm going to come back, like I said, unravel this and make it so easy even your kids could understand it. I got a lot more to cover. So do not go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. I call it the decentralized revolution, and it's really being led by Bitcoin. It's changing the world as we speak. And a lot of times you may not realize that Bitcoin just seems like some old relic. It's some new technology. It's like digital cash, whatever. And it is all those things. But it's going to be so much more, and it's really uh, fueling a lot of what's happening today, which we're going to discuss. Um, but we're talking right now specifically about um, inflation, um, specifically at this point, talking about the prices of things going up and mostly, uh, your gas prices going up. Uh, I sure feel it trying to fill up my truck with gas. Um, and, uh, I played some clips of Biden saying that, uh, Hey, it's not my fault. It's Putin's fault because, uh, you know, the day that he put, uh, soldiers on the border it went up and I laid out factually, that's not the case. It was 35 bucks a barrel when he took office and it was a hundred dollars, well, 98, $98 a barrel. Um, when the Russian invasion happened, it was up 172%. Um, and, you know, we have him, we have Biden talking about this. I saw a clip of uh, Jen Psaki, uh, the Biden's, um, uh, you know, press secretary. And she came out and said, um, you know, you know what the problem is? Um, it's not, it's not the government spending that's the problem. 
The problem is it's these oil companies. These oil companies, um, you know, we have all these leases open, all these permits. They could just start drilling if they wanted to. And it's their fault that prices are so high because they won't come and drill, apparently, according to her. Well, um, that narrative seems to be spinning up quite a bit. Um, we saw over the last week, there was a group of influencers on TikTok that seemed to maybe be put together by um, probably by the White House, I'm guessing. Um, and they said that they don't think that government spending or money printing has anything to do with inflation or the high gas prices. They said, quote, it was corporations making things so expensive. It's the corporation's fault. <laughs> They're the ones that raise their prices, right? It's all their fault. Let's blame it on them. Why don't they just keep their prices down? Why are they causing inflation? Man, what a failure of our education system if people honestly believe that. Um, on top of that, we saw um, a, a group of Democrats has worked to submit a bill to create massive, massive, massive taxes on oil companies, on their profits. They want to take up to 50% of their profits and then somehow redistribute them back to everybody. Or, well, not everybody, you know, if you make under $75,000 a year. So that's what taxes are. Taxes are for redistribution, um, but they want to take away profits. So um, is it that businesses are greedy? Um, is it like Jen Psaki says, that they just, they, they could go get the oil, they just don't want to? Well, why don't they want to? I mean, they're in the business to, to produce oil. If they could produce oil, don't you think they would? I mean, the goal of a business is to expand and grow the business and produce profits. So if, like she says, that there's just there's all this land and all these permits available, they just they just won't do it. Why wouldn't they? I mean, don't they want to make money? Isn't that the goal? I mean, don't they have shareholders that demand they make money? I've been an energy investor for over a decade. I invest in lots of oil companies. And I want those investments to go make as much money as possible. That's why I own them. So if, like Jen Psaki said, if they could just go do this, then why aren't they? Well, because they can't do it profitably. They can't do it profitably. Now, you might uh, might not remember, you might not know, you might not have been paying attention, but um, the last year was very difficult for oil companies. Um, in March of 2020, the price of barrel uh, barrel of oil dropped below. It was negative $35. Now, I was actually... Uh, working on a new deal, I was building on a Bitcoin mining company with, on in conjunction um, as a subsidiary company of a publicly traded oil company at the time out of out of Texas, out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, man, we were so close. We had everything done. All the legal was done. We were on the road. We were raising money. And right when that happened, March 2020, uh, it drove the price of the oil down so low that the company went bankrupt. Um, lots of companies went bankrupt. Um, the entire oil industry was completely shattered, uh, shaken up. Uh, lots of companies went broke. The ones that did hang on still suffered greatly, right? And so they're still licking their wounds from this. Now, as a business owner, I mean, you, you're with it for better or worse. As a business owner, a lot of people don't understand this, but your employees get paid before the owner does. In a, in a situation like that, these companies lost millions or collectively billions of dollars through that period. But, you know, they stomached it. They held on. The investors ponied up more cash because they believed that in the future they could get those profits back. So they lost a bunch of money. And now they're trying to get some profits back 
But that's a problem. That's a problem. How dare these companies make a profit? Let's tax all their money away. And so what do you think is going to happen? These oil companies don't want to go get more oil. They don't want to bring it to the market. In addition, as you heard about, you uh, heard from that previous clip last uh, at the last segment, Biden talking about shutting down the pipeline. So let's think about this. So if we had a pipeline, then the oil could just flow through the pipeline and that's basically free and, and it's emission free. So for all of these uh, carbon hysterics that believe that this carbon output is, is killing the world, imagine all these trucks driving up and down across the country releasing more carbon. Wouldn't it make more sense to put it in a pipeline and let it flow? So that's good for the environment. In addition to that, um, if gas prices go higher and trucks have to drive thousands of miles to deliver the oil, wouldn't that increase the cost? Wouldn't a way to bring that cost down would be to actually just put it in a pipeline? No, but they canceled that. Never mind that. So never mind the environment. Uh, never mind the prices. Uh, we'll just shut all that down as well. And it and it really goes back into them not understanding how this works at all. It's the corporations that are greedy. They're charging too much. Now, this tax, they say it, it, it's only going to be applied to the top 30% of companies, the really big companies. The 70% of companies are under that threshold and it won't really affect them. But think about this. Competition. If we, if we truly lived in a free market, well, then if 70% of the market isn't going to be regulated, wouldn't they be keeping the 30% in check? So let's say the 30% said, nope, we're going we're gonna to gouge everybody. We're going to quadruple our prices so we can just make these crazy profits. But the 70% of smaller companies are going to sell for cheaper. You can't raise your prices a crazy amount when you have people offering the same thing. Now, that's for commodity services. Obviously, a Gucci purse or a, a Louis Vuitton purse can sell for way more than a no-name purse at you know a Walmart. Um, but that's that's because of the brand. That's a premium brand. But in a commodity like oil, <laughs> um, you don't have that. And so whether I'm buying my oil from Shell or BP or I'm buying it from XYZ small company, it doesn't matter to me. It's just oil. And so these companies, these 30%, they don't control the market. If they're if they're if they're raising the prices some ordinate um, absorbent you know crazy amount, these small companies are going to keep them in check. So it's a it's a full misunderstanding of how business works. And of course, of course it is right. None of these politicians have ever spent one day in the real world. They've probably never had to balance their budgets at home. <laughs> they've they've never had to deal with a business. They have no idea how it works. They have no idea that businesses actually lose money in the hopes of one day making it back. They have no idea that it's actually the hope of making a profit that even gets them to start the business in the first place. Nobody would start a business if there wasn't hopes of making a profit. That's the whole point. And sometimes my prof, sometimes I have no profits, sometimes I lose money, and sometimes I make big profits. And hopefully at some point it evens out. And if I could sell the oil for cheaper, somebody else would, and that competition would force me to lower my prices. That's the way this works. All right, now, now that I've said all that, I want to explain to you the very easy way, the very easy definition, the easy way to understand what inflation is, because they've got you all confused, and I, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That's what, that's what school's done to you. So I'm going to show you the easy way, and I'm going to show you with some more actual factual numbers to explain this for you. And then I'm going to go back to a quote uh, about 100 years ago that um, basically said this was going to happen, all right? Um, and then later we're going to talk about, um, like I said, can the Fed do anything to stop this? Can the Biden administration do anything to stop this? And what should you be doing to prepare? I got a lot more to cover um, in a short amount of time. You're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the 
converging cycles of politics, finance, and technology all coming together. We're talking about this decentralized revolution that is changing the world right before our very eyes. Um, it's scary. It's uncertain, but it's also exciting. History books will be written about this period in time, and I'm here to bring it all to you in context so it makes sense and you know how to navigate it. Uh, I got a lot more when I come back. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about the converging cycles of politics, technology, and finance all coming together. It's being caused by this decentralized revolution that is happening right now. It's being fueled by the catalyst that is Bitcoin. And I get it. The whole world's crazy right now. Um, and it's crazy because of these events happening right now. But it's actually not that crazy when you understand them, which is what I'm trying to break down to you each and every week. So make sure you don't miss a show or you could miss something big. Now, before the break, I was talking about what well, we've been talking about, uh, prices going crazy, um, inflation, the government's number, inflation being super high. We're talking about gas prices being super high. Uh, we're talking about how... Uh, the media or the, the, the White House and social media doesn't want you to understand the real causes. Biden said, it's not my fault. It's Putin's fault. And then I kind of gave you the numbers to show you that's not the case. Talked about how some TikTok influencers are trying to kind of explain um, that it's these greedy businesses charging too much. And Jen Psaki from the White House says that um, there's plenty of oil that the oil companies could get in the U.S. if they just wanted to go get it, but they don't. Um, she doesn't say why they don't. Um, I guess the she doesn't understand they're there to make a profit. And if they could, they would, but they can't, so they don't. Um, you've probably heard that saying before. Um, but like I said, these are these these seem like complex subjects, but they're really easy to understand. So let me just break this down for you simply. Inflation isn't prices going up. Prices going up is the cause of inflation. And prices go up different. So the price of a home on Lake Travis, outside of Austin, Texas, went up 150%. That was inflation on a home there, the price increase on a home there, where maybe in middle America, in in Missouri or um, Arkansas, homes went up 7%. You see? So inflation is not the same. Um, if I just live in my parents' basement and watch Netflix and eat, eat uh, frozen meals all day, inflation barely affects me. Or if I'm trying to send my daughter to college and buy a new house in Southern California, Inflation impacts me massively. So inflation is different depending on who we are. It impacts us all different. Prices are different everywhere. There's trillions of inputs as to why prices may go up. So obviously with the Russia war, we don't have enough oil coming onto the market. That's the supply goes down. The pushes of the price of oil go up. Um, you know, we've heard about in, we've heard about supply chains breaking down in the United States, ships being off the coast of California. They can't get unloaded. Supply chains are causing prices to go up. All these things. Okay. But again, Prices going up is the result of inflation. They are not inflation on their own. So what's inflation? Well, imagine a balloon. If I was going to inflate the balloon, what would I be doing? I'd be blowing air. I'd be adding air to that balloon. I'd be increasing the volume, increasing the, the, the volume of that air, which then makes the balloon get bigger. So prices don't go up in volume. Uh, what happens is the money supply does. When you increase the monetary supply, the amount of dollars in existence, that's what inflation is. 
This is from the Austrian economics viewpoint. If you've never heard about Austrian economics, um, then you're really missing out and you're really not understanding what's going on in the world. Uh, schools want to teach you about what's called typically Keynesian economics, um, and it's all wrong. So uh, from an Austrian viewpoint, they say that it's always about the money supply. When you increase the money supply, um, then you have more money chasing the same amount of goods and services. Remember, money isn't wealth. Money measures wealth. Money helps us acquire wealth. It's not wealth itself. If I was on a deserted island with a billion dollars of cash, a billion dollars of gold, and a billion dollars of Bitcoin, but I had nowhere to spend that money. I had no food, no boat, no cell phone, no nothing. That, that money's worthless to me. It's only worth something to me in, in, in as far as I can buy goods and services. So if we have more money chasing the same goods and services, prices go up. That's what happens. And so that's exactly what happened. We saw inflation was 1.2% in November of 2020 when Biden won the election. It's at 8% today. So from 1% to 8%. But again, that was uh, what they, what the government measures as inflation. But we have to go back and look at the money supply. All right, that's the thing that we have to look at. And so we can see that the money supply, the amount of uh, money in circulation, the dollars in circulation, went from went up about thirty five percent. About 34%. So when you increase the money supply by 30%, that money goes into different goods and services at uneven rates. So nationally, home prices were up about 30%. Nationally, used cars were up about 30%. But that's nationally, that's averaged out. Of course, in some areas, they went up way more. In some areas, they went down more. And then it starts to create all types of other distortions throughout the market. So then we have all this money sloshing around the system, which so then a lot of money goes into these assets, asset prices. So then we see, you know, houses going up, we see stocks going up, people are now have all this extra money. So then stocks are going up. And then so then people want to start trading options on Robinhood, and they want to start trading cryptocurrencies. And at the end of last year, we had the record amount of jobs quits ever in history. That means people quitting their jobs. Jobs. And why were they quitting their jobs? Because they could make more money trading options on Robinhood or trading cryptocurrencies. Well, and what does that do? Well, that causes problems in the supply chain. Now we don't have enough people working. When you don't have enough people working, what do you have to do? You have to pay people more. Um, there's not enough supplies being made. So now the supply chains start breaking down. So then prices go up because of that. So prices went up because supply chains breaking down. Yes, but why did supply chains break down? Well, because there was too much demand. Why was there too much demand? Because they printed 35% more money. There wasn't enough workers. Why weren't there enough workers? People quit their job to trade options on Robinhood and cryptocurrencies. Well, why are they trading? Why are they doing that? Because they're going up so much. Why are they going up so much? Because they printed so much more money. That's what inflation is. And it's easy. <laughs> Anybody can look at that. You can just go look at the M1 or the M2 money chart to see the broad money supply. And you can see how much they've increased it. Now, uh, I'll just I'll give you a warning here. I want to give you a warning. If you go look at this chart, you could just type in uh, like Fred, F-R-E-D, Fred, money supply or M1 or M2 chart, Fred, M1 or M2. I'm warning you in advance, though, if you've seen this chart, it is shocking <laughs> because the money supply basically looks like it's been staying flat and then all of a sudden went straight vertical. I mean, it's insane. So um, just from the time of Biden getting elected in November 2022, um, to uh, now, we've had almost 20% increase just in the money supply alone. And so prices go up. Now, um, 
I want to give you this quote. I told you I'd give you a quote here. Um, Vladimir Lenin um, said probably about 100 years ago, he said that, uh, quote, the best way to destroy the capitalist system was to debauch the currency. Debauch, like to destroy it, to, to distort it. He went on, by a continuing process of inflation, printing money, governments can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens. So what does that mean? Um, through inflation, by printing more money, they can steal the wealth secretly. Because what happens is when they print more money, it makes your dollars worth less. So they're, they're literally stealing the purchasing power of your money. Uh, $100,000 um, 10 years ago buys you about $70,000 worth of goods today. They stole $30,000 of purchasing power from you. Um, and he says, by this method, they not only confiscate, but they confiscate arbitrarily. And while the process impoverishes many, it actually enriches some. So they, they steal from you at will. And, and yes, it, 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 while the majority of people are impoverished or go broke over it, it actually enriches some, which is why they want to do it. And then I'm going to skip through the, the end of this quote is the last, the most important part I like here. As the inflation proceeds and the real value of the currency fluctuates wildly from month to month. So as the inflation, as they continue to print more of it and the, the, the value of it, how much it buys fluctuates wildly from month to month, inflation, right? All permanent relations between debtors and creditors, which form the ultimate foundation of capitalism, become so utterly disordered as to be almost meaningless. And here's the best part. And the process of wealth getting degenerates into a gamble and a lottery, end quote. So he told us 100 years ago, the way to destroy capitalist system was to debauch the currency, destroy the currency by inflation, by printing more of it. And eventually it would destroy things so bad that things would become so disordered that the best way to make money would be gambling and lotteries, basically gambling. Like uh, the record amount of job quits so people can go trade options on Robinhood and uh, trade cryptocurrencies, kind of like that. Anyway, um, hopefully that makes sense. Just look at the money supply. That's what real inflation is. The prices going up are the, ref the result of that. You've been listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, politics, finance, and technology changing the way the world works right now. And I'm helping you navigate it. That's what I got for you today. Thanks so much for listening. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.